Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Fox 12 Weather Podcast. We're recording this one on January 12th. I'm meteorologist Jeff Forgeron, joined by Camilla Orti. Hey Camilla. Hey Jeff. And our chief meteorologist Mark Nelson. Hey Mark. Hey Jeff. All right, uh, guys, we're almost two weeks into the new year. We haven't said this on the podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. That's Happy right. New year. Happy Back New at Year. Yeah, uh, well, we kind of ended the year, not totally ended the year, but we ended the year on a relatively interesting note weather-wise. So right before Christmas, we got a cold Arctic blast. So some modified Arctic air made its way into the Pacific Northwest, surged through the gorge, and that led to some downright wintry mischief out there. So oh, yeah. let's, let's talk about that. Uh, so that happened a couple days before Christmas, and um, it wasn't the kind of wintry mischief we like. So Mark, I'll let you break it down. <laughs> you mean snow? Uh, I mean, I mean ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the, what I mean is you would prefer snow over ice. That's what you're saying, right? Uh, that's what I mean. Correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think everyone would. Although yeah. Camilla, I was telling Camilla, I prefer this. Uh, I know nobody likes freezing rain, but it's easy. I feel it's easier for us to forecast a freezing rain event than a snow event in that we don't have to worry about amounts so much. I mean, yeah. 10 minutes of freezing rain makes the road icy. But does an hour of light snow make a road snowy? Maybe not. But um, you know what? Models did really well. That cold air coming in. Basically, you remember the whole country just froze. Big Arctic blast came south. And we were on the far western edge of that. I mean, we really had a a very thin layer of cold air come in uh, west of the Cascades. Models did pretty well. Remember, they were going for like teens, the the high temperature on that Thursday after it came in on a Wednesday evening that on Thursday, we would sit probably right around 20 degrees. They kind of showed teens to around 20. And and Mm -hmm. more or less, that's what we did. We hung on the low to mid 20s. I'd say they were maybe five degrees too cold. But I mean, that's pretty good considering, you know, this big cold Arctic air mass. So it came in nicely. And that kind of set the stage, huh? Yeah, and you know, we, we say freezing rain, but it certainly didn't start off as freezing rain for everybody. That's um, right. More like ice pellety type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say we had many places had more ice pellets than freezing rain. In fact, it's interesting. Remember the models kind of showed that. If you looked at them, they, they showed us our graph model did pretty well on the precip type, showing that uh, ice pellets lingering for like most of that first night. And it, did, it was kind of like that. It was relatively light precip all the way through Friday, which was the, that was the frozen, the, the one day, the first time in, I guess, yeah, first day in two years where we had the metro area shut down and frozen the whole day. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we go two or three years and we don't have a day where the metro area is frozen and shut down. But that happened on Friday the 23rd. Yeah, 23rd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Correct. two days before Christmas, literally yeah. the worst timing possible for That's people. That's right. Yeah. And do you remember that the day that cold air came in? I mean, it started Wednesday afternoon, wasn't too bad. But then Thursday, I mean, to go from 40s and 50s and yeah. you know, a little east wind, no biggie, to like frozen mid-20s and that east wind was just blasting across the whole metro area and remember i was dinking around trying to fix i broke my wiper that day and was running to stores in the evening to get my a, wiper fixed for it the was ice storm. such a chaotic day in the weather oh, center <laughs> gosh i had a headache when i got home that day i think i gave that's the day i gave nora hart our nice anchor i gave her a ride to the airport that evening as well because she was well she was headed out of town more oh. in a minute yeah. but um yeah, so we got through that. The Thursday, the cold air comes in. Then Friday was the day everything shut down. We had a, a little bit of extra coverage, maybe, um, on TV. And and we stayed uh, in the mid-20s that day. Mm-hmm. Temperatures, easterly flow was still going. And uh, huge wind gusts in the gorge. Remember that? I think Thursday is the day the uh, Vista House anemometer was ripped off. 
and there yeah, were gusts up around right. 90 miles per hour out in Corbett. <laughs> I, had, I had a gentleman say he had a gust of 93 out there, cl- pretty close to Vista House. Jeez. Just raging wind. So that's Friday. Uh, we go into Friday, the moisture's falling. But we, I would say we got lucky because we did not have that much precip on Friday. It was really light stuff. We could have had a major ice storm that day. That's yeah. true. Um, and frankly, the ice pellet stuff, and I just wanted to comment really quick. It's so nice when we get in the short range, like within three days, that some of these models will break down the precipitation type all the way down between ice pellets and freezing rain. So we were able to kind of get a heads up yeah. that a, a good portion of our population centers would deal with ice pellets. And so to have a layer of ice pellets as opposed to just a layer of glazy ice yeah. made a huge difference on it difference on area roads even though it was right. dangerous to drive right. i mean mark you can mark you were going back and forth between corbett and and beaverton which is it says yeah, a I lot i didn't get to stay in the fancy new hotel like you guys did or like a, a or like jeff did at least wait yeah. you stayed one night or two nights I, only one night i was able to make it across with just some uh, tire chains which was fine Nice. Yeah, it does help that um, there's far less traffic on the roads. Once we start an event like this, like evenings and probably early mornings for you too, there just aren't many people on the road. So you just kind of bounce along at 25 or 30 and it seems to work. So that was Friday. Yeah. yeah. And then Saturday we had a bigger slug of moisture coming in and maybe mm-hmm. about a quarter to ha- maybe half the metro area did have freezing rain, a little more significant right. accretion, not accumulation, yeah. but accretion of ice. Um, that day and that day PDX at yeah, 4 p.m. finally crept above freezing around 3 or 4 p.m. So that was Christmas Eve, Saturday. Right. And um, yeah, so that's when uh, things were a real mess at the airports, right? Yeah, and that was around when, well, and it, it quickly turned into, okay, less about how much precip we were getting and more about how quickly are we going to thaw out. That was, right. that seemed right. what was on everybody's minds because it was so close to Christmas and people were just trying to get to their destinations or they were trying to get their families to their destinations so it was uh what a nightmare but it seemed like the central and east metro and certainly the gorge were the last to thaw out always and you know what and and i gotta say we models once again they they pushed out the cold air too quickly they brought it in perfectly i mean they i they were great coming in but um dropped off the east wind too quickly and the models kept warming the actual easterly layer that was coming through the gorge more quickly than it did although it did i would i would argue that it did modify relatively quickly compared to some past instance instances but uh the biggie is that i mean i've got right here you, you guys know i i actually you haven't seen it but i our graph model uh, for about eight runs from wednesday morning to saturday wrote down the uh, 4 a.m and 4 p.m temperature at portland and hood river and what it forecast and what actually occurred and well, not too bad Thursday, Thursday and Friday, but by the time we got to Saturday, you know, I thought it would be um, warming up, you know, into the low 30s in Hood River. It was still 20 degrees. Yeah. Um, by Sunday morning, forecasting 40s in Hood River, I knew that wasn't going to happen because there was no westerly wind. It was 27 degrees instead. Um, I remember the graph was going for temperatures on that Saturday afternoon, uh, Christmas Eve, around 40 at PDX. It was it was 34. So. Uh, just based on past experience, we stayed with that, and, and you guys were probably kind of nervous when I was like, "No, no, the cold air is going to stay in. Trust me." And so we did pretty well, well in the forecast. Let me cut you off right there, Mark. Yeah. Let me cut you off really quick. I, I, I you're not going to, you know, applaud yourself too much. I got to give you huge props and credit, and yes, I, we're we're grateful that you have your blog and your your past notes. Um, they really came in handy. You said multiple days in advance. I really don't think we're going to thaw out as fast as these models are saying. I mean, you just need X gradient to really clear out this cold air and we're not going to have it. And you, 
you, you nailed it, and um, it saved us. I, I, I'm not part of the, the, the Portland Weather Uncensored group on Facebook, but you were telling us that um, somebody posted, like, everybody's forecast, different stations, even the weather service, and how this played out, and, um, boy, experience really came in handy for us here, for you yeah. at least. And for yeah, someday. Yeah, someday I'll pass on all that knowledge to the younger kids, so that'll be good. Because I don't right. want that to be, you know, kind of hidden away. Yeah, we were the only station leading up to this that said Friday would stay frozen, and it well, did. We yeah, were in the mid mid to upper twenties the whole day. And so that's really cool because I mean, from a, we're looking at all the same models, right? But I guess right. what led you to making that decision of no, I think we're gonna take a little bit longer. That's a good question. Do you it have was that all about- note? Do you have that like that quote that you wrote down? Like no, I don't the- have it. It was the quote was like, if there's no obvious southerly wind in the valley, the east the, the temperature will not suddenly jump. Yeah. Basically, if there's still easterly gradient, we were still seeing. I remember it was still showing six millibars through the gorge easterly uh, on Saturday morning. So I'm like, the cold air isn't going anywhere. The actual cold air mass that's sitting over us coming in from the east will slowly modify, and it did do that pretty quickly. But um, but until you get that southerly breeze. There's no jump in the temperatures, and that also saved us for Salem as well. I mean, but, some some folks were thinking it could be in the 50s in Salem on uh, was it Friday night or Saturday morning. That didn't happen until Saturday afternoon. Your your note said something though, like I do this time and time again, and I'm not making this mistake again. It was something oh, like funny. very obvious, right? And <laughs> and um, we didn't, so that was yeah. Good. It was good. And, uh, but it was it's on experience, folks. But unfortunately, most of the, not most, a large portion of the country was frozen, had cold oh. air. Um, there was a dramatic temperature shift that happened, for instance, in Denver, which is a huge hub. And so the airlines just got slammed, and this started the holiday nightmare. Um, and we had, I mean, I know a lot of you listening from home or in your vehicles right now, driving to work, for say, um, understand that you probably had family members and things like that that just, just did not have a good experience with flying and maybe got stuck in part of the country for, you know, a week on end. We had a lot of coworkers that were forced to drive, you know, multiple states. Um, And, you know, I work alongside Andy Carson every morning and we were talking days in advance about how he was going to be flying down to Phoenix because his family was down there. And um, he got out to the airport. The I think it was Friday morning. That was mm-hmm. when his flight was. And they they were giving him the go ahead, like it was going to take off on time. But then they canceled it last minute, and they didn't rebook it. Um, that's how bad this whole situation was. So he just rented a car and he drove down. I believe <laughs> Christmas Christmas Eve. He drove yep. from Portland all the way down to Phoenix and oh made it Christmas Lord. morning. And but like poor. I think there were other people at our station like Nora that didn't even make it out yeah. at all. Right. Poor Nora spent two and a half days either at the air. She spent her all her Christmas Eve and almost all of her Christmas Day, oh, and the 23rd, either at the airport or at the hotel near the airport, which said she said that hotel took great care of them. It was wonderful. But two and a half days, or no, three days at one of those two locations. And finally, oh, and their, their last flight was booked on Southwest, which then Southwest had that meltdown on Christmas oh. Day. And so at 7 p.m. Christmas night, Christmas Day, they're like, we're going home. And they never made it to there. They were headed south to Southern California. Never made it. Oh, by the way, they had a toddler with them for those I was going to say, yeah, well. all of that oh. was with her son sitting in the airport on <laughs> Christmas Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and it's not it's not the the people that work for the airlines. It's not their fault. So shout out yeah, to right. all those hard workers that had to put up with a lot of angry people that were camping out in the, the airports and things like that. But geez, Louise, and it, it just 
it's it took a, a very long time for things to get straightened out and it wasn't just southwest i mean there were other airlines that were impacted as well and you know uh a lot of bags were just left in um yeah you yeah. know the baggage claim areas and what a nightmare this whole event, you know, I got to say this whole event, the, the cold and the snow for us here west of the Cascades, we got by without a major snowstorm or a major ice storm. The ice was never thicker than about a quarter to half. Right. So, so, the, so the official uh, PDX OBS, it, it appeared that we had about 0.4 inch one day and 0.2 the other day. And we only ended up with 0.1 inch of snow out of that. I think that must have been at the very beginning just before it changed to ice pellets. So the official December and winter total for snow so far is... 0.2 inches because we had 0.1 inch with that stuff way back in early December and then 0.1 inch again. So as of January 12th, we've had 0.2 inches of snow in Portland this winter. And Lame. that wraps up your cold weather talk. It's been a, it's been an absolute snooze fest since then. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it, we honestly, we never really actually had anything accumulating on like trees and things. Um, so that was nice. Power outages yeah. were limited. And then That's let's right. jump ahead. So we made it through Christmas and then uh, now – this was about a week after Christmas because um, – Well, two days after. Oh, two days. Okay, excuse me. Yeah. Now now that it's January 12th, we're having to look back a little bit. So Monday after Christmas. Christmas was on a Sunday. Monday, we had a ton of rain. Yep. And then – so I, I think we actually recorded over two inches of rain in 24 hours. Am I correct at PDX? On the 26th? Yes. More. It was 2.12. So our ground was just absolutely saturated. And then – here comes the wind on on Tuesday. We had some rain Tuesday, I believe over a half an inch, but then we had that southerly wind that came through. And um, let's think about this. Do we have any of the, the observations of how strong the winds were um, locally you bet. on Tuesday? On the Mark right, Nelson let's... weather blog. I mean, I'm sorry, the KPTV weather blog. <laughs> uh, it was 50, <laughs> the 51 at PDX. Wait, I've got the wrong day. I'm sorry, that was the east wind on January 4th. I, let me back up a little farther. Um, it, I thought it was 48. Yes, I think it was 48. Yeah. There it yeah, is. That's yeah, 48. Right. We had a bunch of upper 40s, some low 50s. There was a 55 of them out, Scott. So kind of 45 to 55 was the max. Most locations were like 45 to 50. And obviously yeah. stronger southerly winds along the coast. I think some spots were peaking right. over 70 miles per hour. So that is what led to a lot of power outages. And there were some sustained power outages, especially along the coast, um, for multiple days on end. So that was kind of an an issue because I think a lot of people were lingering after Christmas time at their various locations and right. So that was that was pretty tough. And the power outages far outpaced what the what the wind speeds showed. We had about at the peak PG had 116,000 customers out. It took three days to restore that uh, all those uh, people. And um, other than the the big ice storm in February of 20 February of 2021, that was kind of our longest outages at, for PGE since the. April windstorm in 2017. So I'd say that was a once every two to three year event, three year event, let's say. Right. All um, because of that wet ground. The wet yeah. ground really did it. Well, yeah. and let, let's let's kind of uh, jump into January now. All right. If, if you guys don't mind. So of course. First, first 11 days. So now that it's the 12th, we haven't actually officially recorded our observations for today. So we're just going to look back at the first 11. The first nine of 11 days of January have featured temperatures above our average, which we average a high of 46 to 47 at the start of January at PDX. Um, so it's been a really mild start. The jet stream has really been focused to our south. Um, and that has just been carrying multiple large waves of moisture and we call them atmospheric rivers we'll break that down in a sec but just a lot of moisture pouring into california which has been dealing with a multi-year drought 
and now has just been getting absolutely pummeled by flooding rain. Uh, Camilla, we were we tallied up some of the rain totals between December 26th and mm -hmm. like the first week of January or something, uh, or the first yeah. 10 days of January. Um, yeah, so, I think these numbers basically valid from December 26th through, I mean, we'll say, yeah, just a couple days ago, yesterday we updated them. So uh, looking here, Portland recording just under six inches of rain in that time, San Francisco, more than 11 and a half. So pretty incredible to see San Francisco uh, twice as much rain as the Portland metro area since December 26th. I mean, Ooh. even Los Angeles seeing more rain, almost double the amount of rain as Seattle. So it's just kind of wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so this this happens. Uh, oh, I think it's about 30 to 50 percent of the annual precipitation that the West Coast receives is from atmospheric rivers. So these are narrow corridors, narrow channels of moisture that flow into the West Coast, but they're all over the world. They happen all over the world. It's not just a West Coast West Coast thing, but um, mm -hmm. you're hearing about it a lot right now because I think I think there have been like four or five atmospheric rivers between late January or late December and early January in California alone. Um, hey Jeff, go ahead. Do you know the official definition of what, what would constitute an atmospheric river event or an atmospheric river? Do you know the the number? Oh Miller yeah, and I we found were looking yesterday. at this last night. What yeah. do you mean Very the number? What do you mean the number? So the integrated uh, vapor transport, like IVT. the actual IVT transport number, dude. Yes, that is, that's a tough one. I don't know it off the top of my head. Come Camilla, on, Camilla. Do you remember? Is it two fifty? Yeah, it's two hundred fifty kilograms water vapor per meter per per square meter per second. I'm sorry, okay. per cubic meter per second. Nice job, Camilla. Whoops. So yeah, square? have have oh. that fact ready to go. I can't wait to impress all my friends. Well. Here was our point. I, Camilla and I were discussing yesterday, and I'm like, so I looked through the, uh, there's that great website, the CW3, uh, the yes. Scripps Oceanography folks down south. And I was looking through, okay, so for the next week, and I'm like, well, those conditions exist probably in more than half of our winter weather system. So technically, I mean, and this is why I, I try not to use it too often unless it's a, a, a real significant event. It's like you could say most of our weather systems have atmospheric rivers within them. Um, so yeah, that's what I noticed here. Like even the one next Tuesday and Wednesday is, is could be an atmospheric river, but I mean, mm -hmm. or you could just call it, oh, it's a wet cold front coming in from the West. So, um, we've just, that's the categorization. And, and I'd never seen that number before. Like, okay, what's the official definition? Now yeah. we know. Well, well and, and then, uh, go ahead. Oh, Camilla. I was going to say, yeah. And then another term that comes up that people maybe use interchangeably is pineapple express, but Jeff, what exactly is a pineapple express? Well, that's just a type of atmospheric river that originates right. near right. the tropical Pacific, like near Hawaii. That's why it has the term Pineapple Express. Makes sense. Yeah, and I've, I've used those interchangeably. Jeff took the liberty of changing my graphic, but he was correct when he did so. But I just well, want to point out, I want to give him props that that is, that is correct. I had said on the graphic, yeah, it's just another name for it. Well, I mean, that's kind of true, but yeah, he, he's right. Um, if an atmospheric just, river is pouring yeah. into Brazil, we're not going to call it an atmospheric or a Pineapple Express, right? Well, I meant in our area, but yes, yeah. you're correct. Jeff, Jeff was correct, and he he slapped me. No, he didn't slap me down, but he did, <laughs> he did correct my language. Jeff's on attention there. to detail. Pristine. But Jeff, don't you worry. Then I went in and I tweaked more wording in that graphic because yours wasn't quite right either. So I made it a little. I think I took out one word. Which one? 
I don't know. It was just the point was that I had got the little updated symbol on my computer. <laughs> Mark good has that the final say up. on the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what else? Um, I was also reading. I, I wasn't aware there's a name for the other kind that come across the Pacific. I don't know what it starts with K. It's not Kuroshio, but when we get the cooler ones that kind of come from the west, we you know where we can get huge mountain snow, you know, down to three or four thousand feet. There's a name for those. So um, oh. I'm gonna have to find that. I saw it in a research paper. I didn't know that. So yeah, I, for so, TV purposes, it's like well, it's just an atmospheric river when it rains a whole bunch. So do do other regions of the world also have other names for atmospheric rivers? In that's their a good question. Areas? That's a good question. I'm not. I can't answer that off the top of my head. Um, hmm. But I I know that this week the American Meteorological Society's annual meeting has been. A, has been happening in Denver. All the mm. meteorologists from around the some actually some some of them are around the world or mostly around the U.S. have been meeting in Denver to talk about various things. And I read on a Twitter thread that um, it's been frowned upon by a lot of meteorologists to use the terms like atmospheric river because it tends to hype up the weather. But then I I, I saw some uh, local experts on the West Coast chiming in saying that they don't necessarily agree with that because it brings more awareness to some of these big flooding events and that, you know, people in California are very aware of what an atmospheric river is now. And so I'm kind of in the middle there. I think that there's, if, if you have time to explain what it is, it makes sense to use the term. But Mark, I also understand from your point of view, especially in the Northwest, we get a lot of stationary weather systems that can dump a lot of rain in a short period of time. And you didn't always use the term atmospheric river and you still got the message across. Yeah, and we should be clear, the term uh, uh, showed up in the early 1990s, early to mid-1990s. But um, yeah, sure. I didn't really use the term much at all. I, I didn't probably even hear it till around 2005, really. And, and I think it became uh, more popular to use it in the last five or eight years. Um, I, I generally am just going to use it when there's something significant, like, hey, we might get some flooding out of this. It's an atmospheric river. Or like what's over the coastline today, it's pretty weak, but it's, it is, um, I mean, it's not producing much rain for us. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's very warm, obviously. That's a big deal. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I save my um, ammo for bomb cyclone. I was going mm. to say, oh. I was like, the amount oh. of times I heard Mark groaning from the Weather Center anytime oh. we read a story and it had the words bomb cyclone in it. If I have to hear that again, <laughs> if I hear a news person say bomb cyclone did this and bomb cyclone did that, I'm going to go nuts. Because but why? Since okay, when but like, is it? Ex- it but because you think it just makes it seem more extreme. Yes. Yeah. Well, why yeah. do we have to have the word bomb in, in related to anything weather-wise? That was, that was well, only a meteorological term. And I don't. Since when? What is that okay to? I don't know. Maybe it's because I was busy in TV from 9-11 for the next eight years when all we talked about was threat levels and this and that and a bomb or whatnot. And it's like, oh, suddenly it's okay to say, eh, this bomb cyclone is moving on shore. Why don't I say... It's a very deep area of low pressure. We sometimes call it a bomb cyclone. That's okay, okay within a weather cast. Yeah. But for the news people to just throw it out, that drives me nuts. I mean, I, I haven't yeah. gotten like nuts like this. I mean, this is what we have a podcast for. I don't do that on TV, but I do say, just so you know, when, I've decided from now on when I hear that term just before the weather, they're talking about something, I'm going to make it clear to the viewers, just so you know, this is a very deep area of low pressure. There's yeah. no explosion or, or anything going on because... I think it was Stephanie um, Domorat. I think she said her, one of her relatives, I think it was her, said, they said, that sounds really scary. What does that mean? Yeah. So it's like, why would we use a word scary. like that? Well, yeah. and it's only technically. Okay, I'm done now. I'm okay. No, now. Okay. Mark, I'm, I actually I'm, I'm okay. agree with okay. you. I agree with you because unfortunately, a lot of like 
reporters will you know be out at, along the coast and they'll refer to it as a bomb cyclone when it's only actually a bomb cyclone during that rapid transition we call it right. rapid cyclogenesis right. where it's it's deepening very quickly basically we measure low pressure systems just like hurricanes but we measure our type of low pressure systems um, by the central pressure and if it drops a certain amount of pressure in 24 hours technically it's 24 millibars in 24 hours or more um, then it's considered a bomb cyclone it's just rapidly strengthening but you know, afterwards, these things tend to weaken, and then we still have reporters. It, and it's not just our station; it's it goes well beyond our. That's station. That's true. And people are still saying it's a bomb cyclone when theoretically it's not a bomb cyclone anymore. Um, and I would, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's actually more national media. And I don't actually get cable news at home, but I'm guessing it's all over that as well when they talk about California stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Um, well, and typically when these things reach, you know, land, reach the coast, they're already weakening, right? They're starting to unravel. They don't yeah, always reach the coast. They usually yeah. just stay offshore, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, um, otherwise, it'd be a big problem usually. But. I'm trying to think of what the next term is going to be. It's like, oh, the tropopause fold is approaching. <laughs> I can't see that one catching on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I would have never thought bomb cyclone would either. That yeah, one, yeah, I don't know. That one, it sounds sexy, right? But... The, the tropopause fold does not. Well, no, no, we don't hear. Sounds sexy to me. In severe weather outbreaks, we don't hear about Lee cyclogenesis, do we? Oh, no. tell me more. Oh god. Oh, you know, Mark, that's gonna be my band name a couple weeks from now. No. Sweet. Wait, say um, it one more time. I want to write this down. Oh, you're gonna study this, I think, Camilla, soon no, enough. No, no, that's why I write. I want to write it. No, down. yeah, yeah, Lee, L E E, like the Lee of a mountain. Uh-huh. Cyclogenesis. And it okay. it basically means that you have a an area of like a mid-latitude cyclone like the ones we're talking about off the West Coast. Yeah. You have them strengthening off of the Rocky Mountains and that tends to lead to impactful weather in the central US, Which, central and eastern US. That reminds me about a week no, within the last few days I was listening to a radio, you know, one of those top of the hour radio hits from National News and they said another cyclone is approaching and I thought Oh my gosh, who came up with that? Because we all of these are cyclones. Any area of low pressure is a cyclone, so technically Correct. that's fine. I've never heard somebody in media refer to one of our low pressure centers as a cyclone is approaching, because typically yeah. that's used around Australia and I think the Indian Ocean. Aren't those called True. cyclones down there? Well, yeah. Yep. If, I mean, if you hear just the word cyclone, and I'm thinking like back when I was in the Midwest in Nebraska, <laughs> yeah. you think tornado. Like that's... My dad had said knows. that. My dad yeah. grew up in Minnesota, and years ago he goes, oh, what's a cyclone? Because we would say, like, oh, maybe a cyclone's approaching. Or, or it's a ride at the fair, right? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right? or that. Oh, the media. Yeah. Don't want to bite the hand that feeds us, but it can be silly at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, weather is so <laughs> fascinating. It's nice to be able to break things down. But, boy, some of these, some of these names definitely take off. So um, looking forward to the next one. Let's talk about um, the long-range forecast. Have, have we sure. covered everything we wanted to cover? Because oh, um, yeah, I think so. We've obviously alluded to the fact that it's been a really mild start, and I don't see much change over the next. Well, you know what? I, I take that back. Wait. Go ahead, Mark. Breaking news: Colton this afternoon, 66 degrees. I see two weather stations down there, and in the foothills of the Cascades, we're seeing some 60s, and there's some 60s along the coast. So it's a very warm day with that southerly flow. And I, I did look, uh, this these first 11 days of uh, January, 15th warmest in Portland, wow. um, out of 85. I mean, that's just near the upper end. 
But um, the last cold January we had was in 2017 when we had that snowstorm on the 11th. And that was the last time we've had measurable snow in Portland in January. It was six years ago. So, yes, wow. very mild so far. And now we can move ahead. It's very warm for now. Yeah, yeah I think we stay above average temperature-wise through Saturday. Sunday we drop closer to where we should be, upper 40s, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't looked at the latest forecast that you guys have done, but... Yeah, Camilla, um, what do you have? Yeah, she Jeff, just made the I, I went ahead and agreed with you. I'm keeping it in the upper 40s uh, through Monday, and okay, then and we'll start to get closer to the mid 40s. It looks like mid to late week. Okay, so, so we're going to come yeah. down to normal, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the way, we're really lucky that a lot of this moisture is focusing over the coast and coast range. We're not seeing like uh, heavy rain eating away at our snowpack up in the Cascades. Yeah, very dry yeah. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Snow level today is around what eight to nine thousand feet, or at least as we wrap up the day, it'll be. And so midweek of next week, we start to cool down a little bit. We're still going to have pretty wet systems coming in, um, and snow level should drop to about two to three thousand feet. So we're going to drop two and below the passes. And then looking at the long range, I haven't looked at the 12Z runs too much, um, but I did. some yeah. of the overnight runs were looking a little more interesting around the 20th and beyond with more like more waviness in the jet stream, potentially right. some ridging, which well, Mark, what's, why is it important uh, for cold air purposes for a ridge yeah. to build over the, uh, I've noticed that for about a week models have been kind of the, the really long range stuff has been hinting at around somewhere around the, after the, um, Oh, like the 20th or so, 22nd, 23rd, somewhere in there, we, we start to see more upper-level ridging developing to our west or over Alaska or even over us, depending on, you know, how the models look. And anytime that starts to happen, if you have, you know, if the jet stream heads north, then it has to come south at some point. That's usually on the backside of those upper-level highs. So there are hints that, well, my gut feeling is that last week of the month, after about the 22nd, we're either going to be in some sort of ridging over us, drier than normal, or the ridging backs up and we get some sort of cold air trying to come down from the north. It looks like, I looked at the ensembles here from the Euro at least, which go through the 27th or the 28th. Um, they all, they really agree on quite a bit of dry weather the last week of the month. Not next week, but the following week. Um, and only one ensemble member has snow in Portland in the next two weeks. And that's at the very end, around the 27th. So, I mean, there's still no obvious signature for cold coming at the end of the month. But, yeah, you're right. Things look a little more interesting. Like, oh, could something that we, we could we get back into that coolish December pattern? Yeah, I could see that happening the last week of the month. Uh, but the biggie is there's clearly no snow in sight through at least the 20 to 23rd. Yeah. 20, I'm sorry, 20th to 23rd. So we're going to go through at least three weeks of January with no low elevation snow or cold. So we're recording this on January 12th, um, which right. is a Thursday. Our, our past Friday, our average high was 46, then Saturday was 47. So we have officially bottomed out for our average highs. So we've kind of like hit the coldest time of year, you know, technically speaking, although it could still get really cold through February. Um, we're still in prime time mode for the possibility of winter weather. So um, even though we're in the clear for the next seven to 10 days, you'll definitely want to just, you know, keep your eye on the forecast. Things can change relatively quickly and We'll let you know, of course, if that happens. But, um, yeah, the snooze fest continues, my friends. The snooze That's fest right, continues. until further notice. But uh, we will see. We don't see anything good for at least 10 more days. So, yeah, yeah there you go. All right. Well, is... I'm assuming our chances, too, of seeing any sort of low-level, lowland snow in February, I mean, chances just significantly go down for that, right? The, the second half of the month, not the first half so okay. much. So yeah. Still... Camilla, so... you know, around, was it Valentine's Day 2021, that was when right. we had the nasty ice storm, snow in the night. Ice snow. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I was here for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. I would say the the latest that we we've almost never seen like a shut down the city snowfall, shut down the city for a day and freeze the city up. I don't think we've ever seen that beyond about the 15th of February. It just yeah. it, we just can't keep it below freezing that late. I mean, we've had snowstorms, but the, you know, it's like part part of the day and then it's well, example A would be <laughs> February or April 11th last year, <laughs> was it the 10th? Oh we my had gosh. and you were out of town, Mark. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the point is the that we had we had, you know, a ton of snow in the hills. Everybody had at least a little bit in the metro. But it was 51 everywhere in the afternoon or 50 degrees Hillsboro, Portland, Troutdale. So the point is that that wasn't an all-day snowstorm. That was a morning thing. And that can happen like way into March. And yeah. once every 50 years, it happens in April. Yeah. The uh, the sun angle plays a huge role. And it's – Right. Now that our average high is starting to climb, that means, you know, the sun angle is starting to increase. And, yeah, every Summer's day that goes on by, the way. Yeah. It's coming. Right. All the, the winter, all the winter weather and snow lovers are cringing right now. Listening no, to we got another month, another good. We have one more good month of a decent chance for snow. You know, widespread snow. So minus, keep the faith, folks. Minus seven days, right? Yeah, minus <laughs> seven days. Oh, you're right. Okay, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, all well, right. guys, it was it was good to hop on here and chat with you guys again. Um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, now that we're beyond the holidays, we can start getting on here every at least every couple of weeks. Maybe maybe. Yeah, more we will try. Um, but until then, hope you all have a great uh, rest of your week, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right, great. Thanks. We can't allow any further delay. So stop your waiting and hesitating and tell us, please tell us about the weather.